Green Bay better. This fall, the Fantasy Sports Channel will make history all over again with even more live fantasy sports radio than anywhere on the planet. At least 12 hours of fantasy football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus more fantasy sports talk every Saturday and Sunday. More than 50 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Try getting that on your radio dial. The Fantasy Sports Channel, only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. I'll say it right now, man. The Packers D is better than the Steelers D. No, you're wrong. You're totally wrong. Bring it on, Scott. How do you think white people always get ahead? Because we cheat all the time. I mean, because they cheat all the time. This is Bill Belichick, coach of the New England Patriots. He's won three Super Bowls. How? He cheated. He even got caught cheating, and nobody cared. Bill Belichick proved that in America it's okay to cheat. As long as you cheat your way to the top. Hey, I don't want to be called a cheater. No, no. If you cheat and fail, you're a cheater. If you cheat and succeed, you're savvy. This is bullshit. I don't want to waste my time learning to cheat. Go ahead. The door's right there. Bye-bye, have fun. We will miss you. How do I reach these kids? How do I reach these kids? Just before the last Super Bowl, Bill Belichick gathered his football players and said, Let's win this one for real. Just this one time. Let's not cheat. You know what happened? They lost. Even if you feel all eyes are upon you, you cannot give up on cheating. Or else you can lose the biggest game of your life. One bleeds red. One bleeds blue. Two friends. One heated rivalry. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Welcome to another edition of Red vs. Blue High Stakes Radio, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your night. I'm Scott Atkins, Team Legacy in the World of High Stakes Fantasy Football, and as always, I'm joined by my big blue delusional co-host from Brandon Burke, Kentucky, Michael Trent. And, and Mike, uh, from what I hear, the, the word on the street is that you've got a uh, the black and gold team to win it all in the Super Bowl. That's disappointing. Well... I do, I do, I do, and I do. And uh, hey, glad to uh, glad to have everybody a part of the show tonight. Uh, before I get to the black and gold, uh, I want to talk about uh, last time. Uh, you know, I looked at it, and uh, you kicked my butt the first time, first time in the uh, playoffs, and uh, second time I went four and zero on you, Scott. Yeah, you caught you caught back up there. You had a you had a good little run. You know, my Jets let me down. I took them. I there was no way I was gonna pick against my team. I kind of gave you a little charity right there, my man. But uh, hey, the Jets put up a good fight. It was a great game. We're glad to be back on Red versus Blue. We had a couple of weeks off, but I'm looking at the show lineup that we have, the guests we have lined up for the next couple of months here, man. And I'm and I, I and I just put some work into that, and we've got it all booked up. Uh, some of the biggest names in high-stakes fantasy football. It's going to be an exciting couple of months here as the Super Bowl winds down. We get past this. We we jump right into the, you know, we've got the collective bargaining agreement on the table. We've got the uh, the free agencies, you know, all the free agency, man. It's going to go crazy. And then we've got everything associated with the Fantasy Players Association that's going to launch uh, with all the high-stakes contests. Um, there, there's just so much going on. We're going to 
We're going to have a good time these next couple months. Uh, apparently, we're having some problems with our chat room. We're going to try to open this thing up before the end of the show here. We've got, well, a, we've got an issue. Uh, if, if I can interject, uh, the uh, collective bargaining agreement and everything like that, uh, let's uh, let's sure hope that they get this thing done by uh, March 3rd. March 3rd is the deadline. Uh, I know they're kind of working on it right now, but uh, after the Super Bowl, they're going to really uh, be aggressive in working on it. Uh, because, uh, you know, as high-stakes uh, owners, fantasy football owners, uh, you, you guys want to know what's going to happen uh, moving forward. Because our season, it doesn't end as a, as a fantasy owner. It starts uh, pretty much March 1st. So you better get it rolling. So, uh, well, let's hope that uh, something happens soon. All right, we do have the chat room up. Uh, I'm, I'm still trying to get it myself. We've got all of the, the guests that are lining up here. Uh, we've got prognosticator, Mino Brown, uh, sports betting man Lance is in the chat room, John Duckworth, a.k.a. War Kittens. All the guys are, are, are getting into the chat room now that we're, uh, we're able to pull it up here. We've, we've had some technical issues coming up here at the last minute, but we – we look like we're getting past that. If you have emails, you can obviously email the uh, Red Blue Inbox at redblueradio at gmail.com. We love supporting Gmail with everything we do. And then we've got, uh, obviously, the uh, good guys at uh, the Fantasy Sports Channel, Mark Ronick and the guys. They keep us streaming live 24-7, seven days a week. The Fantasy Sports Channel hosts every single night bringing you live fantasy football, fantasy baseball coming up. Mike, I know you play that and you're into that. Uh, yep. They've got fantasy golf, fantasy horse racing. they got it everything. I mean, it's just going crazy, this phenomenon, this fantasy sports. So we're glad to be a part of it. We thank you for tuning in, and we've got a big show. We're going we're gonna to start. We've got Alex Kaganowski, the prognosticator, bringing you your props. So go ahead. I want you to do me a favor right now. Don't worry about what Mike and I are blabbing about for the next couple of minutes. I want you to go right now, get your pen, get your paper, or open up the notepad on the computer. You do not want to miss the prop plays that Alex has for you tonight. Look, he doesn't do this throughout the year. In fact, he, I think he charges for it now. I'm not sure. We'll ask him. But remember the first couple of years that he came on and he absolutely rocked the house for us, Mike. He yeah. went on a rapid tear for uh, weeks on end, kind of like you did for those uh, for that for that like 16 yeah. and 0 that you had. Uh, but yeah, these player I mean, props are just fantastic. You can really yeah, make a killing on both Sunday. Yeah, I went nuts on baseball for about uh, for about a two month span. But uh, Alex, uh, he was solid there, uh, just giving his props and uh, doing what he said. And uh, you know, I, I tracked him, and uh, he was pretty solid. And you know, he didn't come on the show all the time because uh, why should he? I mean, you know, it, it's just a, it's part of uh, what he does, and he's got. A lot of irons in the fire, so uh, but we're glad to have him uh, on this special uh, Super Bowl edition. Yeah, it is, Mike. Uh, look, I'm, I'm I'm rooting for the green and gold here. I'm rooting for the Packers, but uh, but somebody, something else that I'm rooting for is my boy Curtis Martin, a fantastic player. I, I'm not so sure that he's going to get in the Hall of Fame, Mike. He's got some real steep competition this year, like none I've ever seen, none I've ever been a part of. This is going to be the most enjoyable. Hall of Fame induction ceremony for me personally in my lifetime because we're getting into the modern era, guys, man. I started I started watching football not as early as some of you guys. You know, I started in 85 with the uh, with the Jets. That was the first game I really watched ever was a Jets-Browns game, and it really just got me into football, and that was the year of the, you know, the Chicago Bears and, and their, their great season that they had. I went to Soldier Field that year and, and – and met Jim McMahon and, and had the headbands on, you know, all that stuff going on in 85. And so I've only been watching for, you know, 25 years. <laughs> it's hard to say. I don't think I've ever said that before. But, <laughs> you know, these are the modern era guys, the Richard Den, uh, the Shannon Sharps, and now you've got guys like Curtis Martin and Jerome Bettis. And, man, this is the time that I'm really appreciating the Hall of Fame, I think for the first time in my life. I well, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw one at you, Scott. Uh, Commissioner uh, Roger Goodell called up a player by the name of Jerry Kramer from the Green Bay Packers, 
last year and said, are you going to Canton? And he said, well, uh, why? And uh, Commissioner Goodell goes, well, uh, for the Hall of Fame ceremony. And Jerry Kramer goes, I'm not in the Hall of Fame. If there's anybody that deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, it's Jerry Kramer from the Green Bay Packers. I'll, I'll take your word for it, bud. I'm not uh, – I'll tell you what. I, I like what this game represents. You've got two of the best uh, franchises, the his, historical franchises here in the Super Bowl. That, there, there's, um, there's, there's not a lot of argument that these are two of the best. Maybe not the best, and I don't know if anybody can really claim the, claim the state to be best. Right. But these two right up there at the very, very top, especially with Rooney and, and the organizations they've put together here at Pittsburgh. You always – you always know they're a class act. They do not mess around. If there's a problem, they nip it in the bud. They don't play around. I mean, you saw what they did with Holmes last year. Great player, Super Bowl MVP, gets in trouble. Huh. See you later. Look, well, the, the NFL cannot lose. Yeah. Scott, in my opinion, the NFL cannot lose on a, on a championship uh, this year with uh, Green Bay or Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh experienced. They've done it. Uh, they've been there with, uh, and especially Tomlin. But uh, the one thing about it, uh, Green Bay. I mean, with McCarthy and uh, Aaron Rodgers, this is going to be. Uh, I mean, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch because uh, both are historic uh, organizations that deserve to be there, and they worked their way to get there. All right, man, I finally made it into the chat room. We also got Code Code Cracker uh, showed up for the chat room. You know, he's a big Green Bay fan. Hope to hear from him before the end of the show. Uh, but, man, we've got uh, we've got Alex Kaganofsky, like I said, the player props. I'm looking at some player props myself, and there's a couple that I like. We'll talk about those here. Mike, we've got we've got our pick. You Like, like you said earlier, you did tie it up. You went uh, – you know, you, you, you picked up a couple of games on me last week, and now it's a dead heat. So let's explain to the listeners how this final this final showdown is going to go between you and I. We've got two picks here. We've got the game with the spread, and we've got the over-under. You've got those two. Uh, and then we've got a third. The third pick would obviously be a tiebreaker. In the event that we do tie and we split and we go one for one or, or one and one on these picks, we've got to have a tiebreaker. So we decided to take um, – a player points, uh, fantasy points, uh, of, of our quarterback for the team that we pick. I know you took the Steelers to win. I'm taking the, the, the Packers to win. I'm giving up the points. You're taking the points. And so you're going to predict the points for Roethlisberger, and I'm going to predict the points for Rodgers. So if you want to get us started off with that, uh, you know, again, it's, it's, it's a tiebreaker scenario. So so what, what are you looking for uh, out of Roethlisberger, bud? Well, I'll tell you what, I'm looking at uh, a bunch of jump-offs, and, uh, you know, I'm not really looking at a whole lot of points out of Ben. Uh, you know, the spread uh, is what it is because Green Bay is favored, but uh, I'm not going to reveal my, my, my points uh, and what's going to happen, but uh, I'm looking at Ben to get 22 points. Uh, that's not a lot. When you look at a quarterback, uh, but uh, I think they're going to run the ball a lot, and uh, I'm looking at Ben as a tiebreaker at 22 points. How many? 22. 22. Okay, okay. I thought you said 42. A couple times there, I really thought you said 42. I was like, boy, I've got to get the buzzinator uh, or the buzzometer no, no, going no, 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 no. the show. 22. Two, two. Double this. Okay, well, that's, that's a little more respectable. I'm going to log that right here. Uh, I've got uh, Aaron Rodgers throwing for 275 yards and two touchdowns. That's a very modest game for Aaron Rodgers. I think he could go for 350, to be honest with you. Uh, but I am throwing in. I'm, I'm chipping in a, uh, about 20, 30 yards rushing there. So I'm going to put Aaron Rodgers down for a solid 25 points. Uh, closest to the pin. You can go over. It doesn't matter. We're not playing prices right here. So closest to the pin. This is just a tiebreaker if, if, if you and I split. I'm giving up the points. You're taking the points. Uh, that's one. Now we've got the over-under. We haven't discussed the over-under. Since you were first to last, I'll go ahead. Uh, what, the over-under, uh, what, what is the over-under in this game? I don't even have it in front of me. What the heck? 44 and a half. There it is. 
There it is, 44 and a half. Wow, that's a that's a lot of points in a game like this. Jeez, uh, 44 and a half, over under. Um, I'm going to take it. You want me to, Scott? Go ahead. I'll, I'll take the under. <laughs> I'll take the under right now uh, because, uh, you know, I posted it on a couple of blogs, a couple of sites, and uh, I do not like the fact that uh, either team uh, will be able to score big time plays. Uh, I've seen a lot of a lot of situations where they they're going. Well, there's going to be a defensive team to score this, uh, a special team to score that. I don't buy that in this Super Bowl, Scott. Uh, I think this is a uh, straight up twenty four to twenty game and. Uh, which, yeah, I mean, a bore is on the line, but uh, I'll take the under. All right. Well, so that, that that makes it easy for me because I was looking at that 44-and-a-half and thinking over. Uh, I'm I'm going to go ahead and take the over. I think uh, just like some of them in the chat room are talking about, we, we really saw, look, the Jets' offense looked pretty darn good against Pittsburgh in that second half. When they got things rolling, uh, I think we saw uh, several teams do to Pittsburgh what we thought. Uh, what what Aaron Rodgers can definitely do, and that's put the air put the ball in the air against the secondary. This isn't the same secondary that we're used to seeing out of Pittsburgh, like a dominant secondary. They're they're a they're a middling secondary, Mike. They're a middle of the road secondary. That's why I said that's why I started off the show. Green Bay's defense is better than the Steelers in just about every facet of the game imaginable, except for points scored. Because you know, what Pittsburgh plays Cleveland, they play Cincinnati. They're playing Baltimore with no offense all year. I mean, that you got to give to them. But I'll tell you what, the way the, the way the defense plays for Green Bay, they're after the ball. They're ball hawks uh, as well, and they stop the run. The Pittsburgh stops the run, but so does, so does Green Bay. So I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take Green Bay scoring a couple of touchdowns here. I've got a John Coon touchdown right off the bat. That's seven points for the Packers. You've got a you know a field goal or two here by Crosby. I've got a touchdown to Donald Driver because no way Driver wins. Uh, he's like a Heinz Ward for the Packers. He's going to get his touchdown. So that's uh, that's twenty. No way. You uh, you you probably got a Jordy Nelson touchdown in there somewhere. That's twenty seven. Uh, so we've got twenty seven points. Well, no. Six. Then you've got Crosby uh, in his. He'll get he'll get twenty. So I'm gonna put forty seven points on the board. That's the over right there. Twenty seven points. You're, you're tearing me up here. John Coon is going to score against Pittsburgh defense. <laughs> well, it's I don't not, think it's not so. hard to do when they get you down to the one yard line. That's what's going to happen. Just going to happen. Watch. Don Coon is the emotional heart and soul. We're going to punch him right in the mouth, right off the bat. They're going to get in the end zone, seven nothing behind a John Coon touchdown. No way, no way. I t- no, I couldn't, I couldn't disagree with you more. John Coon. I mean, all these Coon fans are. I mean, they're going to be very silent come Sunday because he will not see the end zone. John Coon, he will not see the end zone. Uh, your Donald Driver. I mean, that's a feel good story. It makes me all bubbly inside. I want to get a tear on my eye, but. Donald Driver will not see the end zone. I'm getting, uh, uh, you know, we've got War Kitten. John is talking about 9-1 to one on John Coon to score the first touchdown. You need to go over to VIP.com, VIP.com, uh, John. They get 15-1 to one the first touchdown for John Coon. That's my first player prop, and that's a fitting time to bring on the prognosticator to the program who many believe – with his player prop. I am the smartest man alive! It's Alex Kaganowski. Welcome to the program, buddy. How you doing? Uh, that's a that's a nice intro. Thank you very much. What's up, Alex? Hey, Mike. How are you? What do you, you think? Doing? What do you think about my player prop here? I just announced it to the show. John Coon over at VIP.com. A little plug for those guys. 15-1, to the first touchdown of the game. Does that sound like something... The doctor, the doctor props, the player prognosticator. Would that be on your plate? Uh, it's not on my personal plate, but I have absolutely no issue with that uh, whatsoever. Uh, as long as you're getting, uh, as long as you did your homework and you're getting the best available odds, then uh, you know, uh, on first on that kind of play, uh, it's really a gamble. So 
you know, as long as you're getting the best life, if you're getting 15 to one or 17 to one, I, I, my site that I that I, one of the sites that I use for the Super Bowl has 17 to one. So uh, that works for me. We've got Alex Kaganowski, owner of the Fantasy Football Players Championship. Let's start there real quick before we move on to these player props. We've got a lot of them to cover, and, and I don't know how many you want to release out of here, but it's going to be fun. We've you, You've got the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the playoff pool, that had a record turnout this year. Talk about what that looks like and the scenarios that some of these guys are going to need uh, to win that top prize. 25000 right? 25000 for first, I believe 12000 for second. And then it goes down the line. It's still pretty heavy all the way down and until it gets into, like, the 30s, I think. Uh, they're still winning about $1,000, if I'm not mistaken. But, yeah, there's definitely a ton of money. Uh, 650 teams still undecided uh, as far as um, what's going to happen all the way at the top. Even, you know, at the top, uh, there could be some um, some movement between teams. Uh, I think I think some some teams shot up from – being uh, in the mid 100s all the way up into the 20s or 30s, and we've had teams that were in the top 20 or 30 uh, last week that uh, you know got pretty much knocked out of it. So anything could happen. in Double Super Bowl points. Uh, for those who are not familiar, uh, we uh, we give double points in the Super Bowl, so that that makes the uh, you know that makes that gives teams even more ability to uh, make up some ground. Hey Alex, uh, this Mike, uh, is there a chance for a tie? Uh, yes, yes, I believe so. There is. Uh, there are three teams that are tied currently for second, third, and fourth, right behind the leader. So if they uh, if they end up winning, what they do is they split uh, the top three prizes, which would be I think they're splitting like forty five grand. So it's not so bad. Right. Well, you know what? Uh, I've I've been following this uh, the whole time, and. Uh, you know, there was a lot of uh, discussion about uh, if there's a tie, this and that. But, uh, you know, that wouldn't be, you know, really so bad if there's only uh, three teams that tie for the first spot. Because, like you said, you're going to uh, disperse the money uh, uh, equally among among all of them. So, uh, you know, I think everybody needs to uh, stand back and say, hey, you know, it's, it's going to be a pretty good deal uh, come next year. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't think I didn't hear too many complaints about. Uh, uh, we actually had 650 teams, and uh, yeah, there there were a lot of teams that uh, had similar rosters. But in the end, uh, you know, if you're good enough uh, to uh, place in the money, and you have to split it with somebody, so be it. You know, that's the, that's the way it goes. Yep. Yeah, with the, with the type of money you're talking about, it's not even an issue that's even batted an eye about. Uh, when you used to have all the money front loaded, or or the primary, the big money at the number one spot, it was a kind of a concern. But with the money, the kind of money you're talking about now, it's it's a moot point. That's over. That's dead. So, very fun to be a part of that contest. I don't think I've got a chance to to, to uh, cash. I had, you know, my dad. That's kind of a kind of a ritual thing for me. Just a quick background story, Alex, with that contest that you have. It ever since it came out, uh, my father always likes to get involved and play uh, fantasy football in the postseason, too. And so one Christmas, I was like, hey, Dad, well, look, tell you what, I'll, I'll split this team uh, with you as a Christmas gift, and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have a lot of fun. Well, the first year we did that, uh, it was a Thomas Jones on the Bears and Peyton Manning-led Colts team. They met up in the Super Bowl, and they just happened to be the top two scoring teams or players from those teams, double points. <laughs> And so we took down first place. So ever since then, you know, uh, and that was back when the prize was only 5K. You know, top prize was 5K. Now it's thrown out of control, right, 25. So he's pretty excited to, to go after Well, this year, uh, he, you know, he was adamant about using Aaron Rodgers. And I'm like, Dad, that's a tough first-round game, man. If you if you lose that game, we're out. And I mean, I mean, I don't care. It's up to you. I was like, but I would – I would even be willing, as a Jets fan, I would be willing to even take Tom Brady. So after about the third day, I said that to him because I, I was a little afraid of the Rodgers. And he, and, he, and he looks at me and says, well, I didn't think you would do that. That was my first choice. <laughs> so we go with Tom Brady. But for days, you remember me talking about this, Mike? He wanted Aaron yeah. Rodgers. And the rest of my team with that, we would have been pretty competitive. So it's a little fun story there. Aaron Rodgers was obviously the money player in your contest. It, it yeah, was that's but, pretty cool. I mean, you, you just never know. And you got to remember that uh, every year it seems like a, a six seed. Uh, you can't 
you can't discount them because they're going to be there. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, by the way, uh, although he is certainly the number one player and, and I think probably the most uh, commonly owned player among the top uh, top uh, teams, uh, but there is there are quite a bit of teams who don't own Aaron Rodgers who have a shot to play. So, you know, there's certainly no – there uh, and I think there may even there may even be a chance for a non-Rodgers team to to win. So um, so yeah, Aaron Rodgers was an advantage, but he's no lock. Wow. Well, yeah, that's that's what he's been doing has really been just so historic for uh, the franchise, the Green Bay Packers, the fans, and statistical. I mean, he's not had you know this is this is possibly maybe his Joe Montana moment. I mean, he, he's played so huge. But Roethlisberger is also that type of guy that he just finds a way to win. And you remember the Super Bowl, uh, Alex, when he played against, uh, what was it, Seattle, and he looked so horrible, but yet they won the game. And then they played against Arizona. It didn't look great, but comes through with that last drive, and they win the game. I mean, if Roethlisberger does that again, this guy has to be talked about in the breath with the Tom Brady's of the world. Yeah. I, I there was a thread early in the year in the summer um, on the FFPC message boards, and I had I said that uh, I, I believe that uh, Roethlisberger is on his way to the Hall of Fame, and and I think if he wins the Super Bowl, I actually uh, if he doesn't win the Super Bowl, he's certainly still on the way. But if he wins the Super Bowl, he may he may already be in it then. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, it's going to be interesting quick, to see how uh, this game plays out. There's a lot of uh, storylines. Obviously, you've got the Roethlisberger uh, sexual misconduct or rape allegations early in the season that, that landed him on a suspension. He did get that reduced. You've got uh, Heinz Ward now mounting off at uh, the NFL saying they don't care about concussions. All they care about is the money, Alex. I, you know, you're, you're, a, you're a fan of this game and a student of the game. Uh, what do you think about those comments that Heinz Ward made? Do you, do you think anything of that? Do you, do you feel like it's that like uh, what he said is the truth, or do you think the NFL is genuinely concerned about the players? Well, I think you know if you if you start to really genuinely concern about the players, then you're probably on a way to pretty much uh, changing the game as we know it. So you could you could be concerned about the health of the players and still want an 18 game season. I I don't buy that for a second that you, you, you know, they're those things are mutually exclusive. So, you know, I mean, you know, those guys are just going to talk, you know, they're going to, they're going to talk and defend their own side. So I don't pay too much attention to that. Well, the CBA is definitely something we've got our eye on as fancy players. You as a fantasy operator owning the SFPC and running this, trying to make plans, You've got people that are uh, throwing their deposits down and things of that nature. What I, I, You've talked about this once before, but for all the new listeners, uh, the FFPC is obviously a very popular contest now. What are your plans for uh, contingency plans for if this season doesn't go off as planned? What if the season starts late? So let's talk two two-part question. What, what's the plan if the season doesn't start week one and then – uh, or if the season doesn't go off at all, and then what's the plan if it, if it doesn't go off week one, but you know uh, goes off week four or five? Well, I'll be very honest with you. Uh, we are certainly not thinking that far down the line. Um, if uh, at this point in time to even imagine what the repercussions would be of the season not starting on time. First of all, you have to move back and, and you have to think, well, what's going to happen in the middle of summer? What's going to happen leading up to that? Uh, so, you know, there's just so much, so many things that are going to happen as we move closer and closer to the summer and then closer to September that, uh, you know, you, you we'll be able to kind of make our decision as we go, go along. But right now it's really impossible to say what could happen because, you know, so many other things could preclude those decisions, but uh, you know we're going forward. As far as right now, we're going forward as as if the season uh, is going to happen. And it is going to happen on time. All our drafts, uh, all our satellites, and the schedules are are going to be um, uh, are going to be created as if uh, the season's starting in September. So you know that that's how we're going to look at it. 
Okay, so let's let's talk about uh, let's let's get a little deeper than that, Alex. And I know this is kind of a surprise to you. We didn't we didn't talk about this, but now that we're on this subject, let's keep it rolling here. You know, the, let's say the CBA is still not resolved. Uh, there's, there's still issues involved, and there's no uh, it's still there's no uh, guarantee here when the season's going to start. And you get into the time where preseason is already upon us, and it should be kicking off training camps and, and opening week uh, of preseason, and you get into, like, July or even early August, you guys continue? Do are, are things still a go for the draft, or is there ever a date when you say, you know what, if the season isn't announced, we're, we're, we're shutting it down this year? Well, let's again, let's go back a little bit. Uh, if there is no CBA done, there's no NFL draft. If there's, there's no NFL draft, uh, then there's no mini camps. If there's no mini camps, there's no uh, training camps. So, you know, everything's going to be everything's going to come crashing down around us if the C, the longer the CBA is not done. Uh, so I think that that's kind of I guess that's that that's kind of my point about your your previous question is uh, I think we'll know way before uh, way before September or way before August where it's all going. Um, you know, so I don't. You know, what I, and what I mean is, at that point, we'll know that we have to most likely start thinking about canceling the season or, or, or not having some of these drafts that are already, that are scheduled. Uh, so, and I think, you know, I don't think that's going to happen, by the way, because I, I think if you start pushing the draft back and pushing the mini camps back and then pushing the training camps back, you know, you're definitely looking at a season that's not going to start on time. You know, this is not like baseball. This is not like baseball where these guys could just basically come in off the bench and, I mean, they could sit on the sidelines and eat sunflower seeds and come in and, you know, and hit home runs. I mean, these guys need a month, two months of preparation, um, you know, uh, before they could play games. So, uh, Well, you know, if I can interject real quick, Alex, uh, this deal either is done by March 3rd or it's not because uh, – this is a big operation here that we're talking about. Um, and the NFL, they want to make sure it's done. Whatever agreement they have between the owners and the players, it's got to be done before the uh, draft in uh, early April or yeah. late uh, April. I think dra- so, uh, the, draft deadline, the draft deadline is huge. I, I mean, it really is. It's a hu- And not it even is. the April 25th or whatever that deadline is. I'm, t- you know, previously, I mean, you know, you're talking about all the things that go into the the planning of the draft and and all the logistics. I mean, I mean it's just uh, how about all the teams and the preparation and the war rooms? I, I mean, I don't know exactly uh, how the CBA or the lack of C- the CBA impacts um, the um, you know each of the teams' uh, employees, like each of the teams' management and staffing and the scouts and all of that. I mean, that would be interesting to find out how how that would. Uh, uh, that, how that would impact, uh, I guess, their preparation for a draft that may not happen. But you know, I mean, it, it just—it's it, going to come down to that day. Uh, but if there's nothing, if there's nothing that happens between now and then, then it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's a moot point. So you definitely have the uh, the NFL draft and the CBA all happening right around the same time there, and. And, and Roger Goodell said uh, that there was no deadline uh, for the CBA. So that, that's, that's uh, you know, I just find this thing to be fascinating because if it doesn't happen, deals can still get done in, 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 in the middle of the night or whatever. And once that happens, they, they've got these – an organization of this size has to have contingency plans for all this. I mean, if – if the deal gets done here, we can still pull together an NFL draft. We can still pull together, uh, you know, uh, free agency and all and all the contracts would get signed. Everything would be accelerated, or or maybe those just things kind of drag out throughout the, the the start of the year, or maybe they just delay the season and have a shortened season. So instead of this 18 game thing, maybe they pull off like a nine game thing. But I'll tell you this, and, and, and I'll just leave it with that. Cause there aren't, there aren't a lot of answers. We, I don't like to have to play the speculation game a lot, but I, I will say this. If it's a nine game season, I still want to play fantasy football. I don't care. We'll, we'll figure something out. You guys are creative. 
a short season. I don't care. Put something on the table and let's let's put that trophy up because I saw you guys awarded John Haskell the FFPC trophy and and I want another I want another crack at that and you've got uh, you've awarded three of those things and this will be number four so we'll be back uh, and and it, it's uh, hopefully the deal gets done so we don't have to deal with it but. I agree. Be a, a I, time. I agree. I, I think you know fantasy football will live on regardless. Uh, you know whether it's a 18 game season or a nine game season. You know we just, we just need to uh, we need we just need to know what the heck's going to happen. That's all. You know we need a little bit of advance notice, and you know we'll take it from there. All right. So let's get into the player props. Everybody loves this game. You know I heard on the radio uh, listening to Mike and Mike the other morning. Uh, Joe Montana was on there, and he was he was. You know, they always haggle something. These pro athletes, after they retire, they're always haggling something for somebody. And they he was talking and promoting uh, guacamole and av- avocados. And he said there were 47 million pounds of avocados eaten on Super Bowl Sunday. And he said that was a – if you took the Super Bowl field, okay, the 100-yard football field, it would be 29 feet high, stacked high. Of, that's how much avocados get eaten on the Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. I'm a big guac fan. Mike, I know you've got your spread ready to go on Sunday. Uh, Alex, yep. player props are a big part of Sunday. You've got the Super Bowl squares going on. You've got the player props, and that's what this game is all about. There's nothing like it. So uh, you sent me your player props this week, and I just want to start off right off the bat. The very first one you pulled off is a. Uh, you're always a value player for, for people that haven't heard of your picks before. You're always looking for a, for a little house you know, for for a little edge from the house. And so that's the theme of your picks here. You always have a little value in this equation. Well, yeah, everybody knows that I, I do look for value, but um, I think for the Super Bowl, uh, what everyone needs to do in the next couple of days, if you guys want to put in your plays, is you need to, to really uh, do your homework here and, and have at least a couple of websites where you are not only looking for best value, but just looking for the best, um, the best odds. So if you're, you know, like John Kuhn, you know, if you if you want to bet John Kuhn to score a first touchdown, make sure you're getting the best available odds to you. So that's number one. And number two, yeah, myself, I, I look for, I, I I don't like to lay the wood. I, I like to get the pluses. Uh, I, you know, I always look for, um, I always look for the plays uh, that are going to pay me the most for my money when I win. Uh, so. You know that that is definitely my uh, my main uh, strategy. So let's look at it right off the top here, Alex. Brandon Jackson over ten and a half rushing yards, plus one twenty-four. Uh, the first prop release. So everybody get out your pens and paper. This is the player prop special from the prognosticator. Brandon Jackson over ten and a half rushing yards, plus one twenty-four. Seems way too easy because you're, he's a veteran. Starks has been the spark plug, so to speak. But I see uh, Green Bay at least getting maybe 18 to 20 carries in this game. You can't abandon the run in the Super Bowl. Yeah, it looks like I mean, by by looking at the line uh, when when you see plus 24 over, that means that uh, they're basically saying that um, he's gonna he's gonna get under the 10 and a half, and uh, that's the way that the uh, I guess the action has been going because the line kind of stuck around right around one plus 120 plus 10 depending on where you look. So I guess people don't believe that he, you know, Brandon Jackson is not going to get uh, too many yards in this game. But the way I look at it is, hey, ten and a half yards. I mean, you could get that in one rush, really. So, and I expect Brandon Jackson to be on the field quite a bit. Uh, he is the experienced player. Uh, James Starks is the rookie. Um, uh, Brandon Jackson is um, uh, is I think the more trusted player, and and I think he's going to be on the field more often in various situations. And uh, and I think they'll. He may uh, he may get some of those delayed handoffs, which you could do something with, and uh, you know that that's kind of what I expect from him. Uh, but you know, again, it's this is this is not a type of a play where I'm thinking, wow, he's definitely a lock to get those 11 yards. I just think that you know the value is definitely on my side with a plus 25. Yeah, it's ten and a half yards, Mike. I mean, it's not not a lot. Hit Mike his next one. Brandon Jackson to score a touchdown. Plus 540, Mike. What do you think of that pick? No, uh, you know, I was listening to uh, what Alex had to say. Uh, you know, 
Brandon Jackson, uh, there's pretty good chance he will uh, definitely score, uh, definitely rush for those type of yardage. Uh, as far as him scoring a touchdown, I wouldn't even touch that. I don't think he's going to score a touchdown uh, because in that situation, they're going to go to Coon. And to be honest with you, both of the Green Bay's touchdowns will be via the air because, uh, you know, I, yeah, like I said, I, I see Green Bay scoring 20 points and that two touchdowns. So uh, I thinking, think both of them will be the error. The thinking behind the um, uh, that play, Scott, the plus plus 550, I think. What is it, 540? I said. Uh, the yep, thinking behind that is when you look at when you look at these plays, uh, whether a player will or will not score a touchdown, they're typically even for the. Um, uh, for the players that don't usually score touchdowns, they're typically in the plus 250 range to score. You know, plus 275 would be for, a, a, you know, a guy like, you know, maybe a tight end or a wide receiver, somebody of a Heath Miller um, uh, caliber. So anytime you see plus 550, I mean, that is just ridiculously high, even for a guy that may not be on the field as much. And And I feel that Brandon Jackson will be on the field, you know, possibly a little bit more than people expect. So, you know, anytime you have a guy in the field, he's got a chance to score. And, you know, plus 550 is, is very good value, in my opinion. But, you know, can will he score? Yeah, probably not. But, you know, I'll take the odds. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame you there, Alex. Uh, the one thing that I'm looking at is uh, will he be on the field on uh, a lot of second and tens, third and eight? No, but, he, but he, anybody can bust a big one on any given day, and that's kind of the, the play there. You know, he we've seen him make big plays before. So five five to one on the money, you know, you could be wrong four times and get it right on the fifth and still break even. So. Yeah, that's right. Mimo, uh, Mimo, over one reception for plus 124. I, maybe people don't know the name Mimo. Moelde Moore. Yep. <laughs> Uh, that that's a, a pretty easy. That was a pretty easy easy call. As soon as I saw it, um, uh, he gets a reception. You push. He gets two. You win. He gets zero. You lose. So uh, you know he he's definitely a, a guy that's been on the field uh, quite a bit in passing situations. Um, well, uh, Mendenhall has been getting worked a lot. So they they do bring in uh, Moel De Moore. They they do bring in. Um, Isaac Redman, and there's a good chance that you know Pittsburgh could be trailing in this game. And when they're trailing, uh, Mendenhall is just off the field completely as Moel De Moore's on the field uh, getting those receptions. So I feel really, really good about this one uh, with Moel De getting uh, a good chance at two, and I would say that he's uh, he's got a really great chance at one. So I, I don't expect to be yeah. using this one. It looked like seven games he scored, uh, or he had two receptions, and then uh, you know another a thirteen total that he had at least one. So he's he's definitely uh, involved a, a little bit in that, and uh, just uh, those types of little passes to, to to get a play here or there. So one over one, not that hard. Mendenhall no touchdown plus one twenty seven. You definitely can't count on Mendenhall scoring a touchdown against this Green Bay Packer defense. The Green Bay defense is number four in the league against the run. So there's definitely no guarantee that Mendenhall will score a touchdown. And, again, it's a value play, plus 127. Uh, Mike Wallace, over three-and-a-half receptions, plus 109. And then I'll give you one more. You can comment on any of the three. Heath Miller, over three-and-a-half receptions, plus 112. So I'll give them to you again. Mendenhall, no touchdown, plus 127. Wallace, over three-and-a-half receptions, plus 109. Keith Miller over three and a half receptions plus one twelve. Um, anytime you have a uh, a player, whether it's you know the uh, running back or wide receiver, that's uh, where you're getting uh, plus uh, where you're getting plus that he will not score the touchdown. Uh, I'm going to take that play almost every single time. So for Mendenhall to not score a touchdown, I'm getting twenty twenty seven cents. That was an absolute no brainer. Uh, the other two guys over three and a half uh, on um, Wallace and Heath Miller. Um, I think I'm getting a plus on both of those plays. So if either one of those 
Uh, guys score four points um, already in the money if both of them. Uh, not score four points. If both of them score, um, catch four balls, uh, you know, there's a very good chance of that happening as well. So, yeah, that, that's a strategy. You've told me this several times. I mean, I, I've seen your, your historical trend, and I don't think I've seen maybe one losing week out of the entire several years you've been doing this. But every week it's a bunch of plays, a bunch of value plays, and if you break even, like you just said, you have two plays there, Wallace over three-and-a-half, Heath Miller over three-and-a-half. If you just flip a coin and go coin flip 50-50 on that, you're ahead because of the value on each pick. So you're you're still – if you go 50-50, you're ahead. If you go 2-0, and you're way ahead, and you've got a lot of house money. So I'm going to give you I'm going to give you two more here. Heath Miller under 17-and-a-half for his longest reception, plus 103. And James Starks over 3-and-a-half for his first rush, plus 172. Talk about those. Uh, the 17-and-a-half for, uh, for Heath Miller Heath is the Miller. longest reception. Uh, that was a um, that was a strange line on Pinnacle. Uh, everyone else had it at fourteen and a half over minus twenty, something like that. And Pinnacle, for some reason, had the over under on that at seventeen and a half. So, you know, I didn't particularly like it or anything like that. I just said, yeah, I'm getting an extra three yards, and you know, I'm not. I don't have to lay any wood. I'll take it. So uh, the other uh, Starks. Uh, Starks plus 72. Yeah, Starks, uh, if he um, – I usually don't like those plays, by the way, the first rush – uh, how many yards on the first rush. Those are you right. typically suckers bets. Uh, so I stay away from those. But uh, I did play two of them for the Super Bowl. Uh, Starks, or if he, if he uh, rushes for four yards, that's plus 72, I believe. I mean, that's just ridiculous value. So I had to take that. Um I mean, you know, the, sure, he could rush for one. He gets stuffed at the line, and he could rush for one or two yards. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's, I don't think it's that difficult to rush for four yards either. And I'm getting 72 cents, so I'll take that. Yeah, that's an interesting one where as soon as you see his number, you've got you've got, to, you've got to figure out his number um, in that particular uh, play so that you know you're watching for him to get out there so you don't miss it because that's a lot of value to uh, jump right out of the gate on, plus 172. I I thought that one was uh, that one was good, and then I really like that Heath Miller under seventeen and a half. So there's no guarantee that the first pass that Heath no. Miller is going to catch is going to be anything yeah. more than a little a little dump pass for for three to five yards, Mike. No, that's yeah, not that's not the what? first I pass. That's the longest back, that's the longest uh, pass for the game. Right, that that play is either going to be uh, taken care of by halftime or not. Uh, if, if he if he gets it, uh, it's done. If it doesn't by halftime, then uh, you got to win. Yeah, gotcha. I misread that one. Yeah, that is. So that that could be any any kind of pass that he gets throughout the game, and and uh, you know that's that's going to be an interesting to watch all game because you could be hitting that one all game, and then right at the end it loses it for you because they're playing in uh, mop up or they're playing uh, prevent or something. That would be. Yeah, but I usually don't. This is another. It's, it's like the uh, first rush of the game. I usually don't play the longest reception. Uh, either way, I don't. I don't particularly. I don't touch that play, whether it's under or over. Uh, the only reason I, t- I, you know, I liked it here is because I had the extra three yards uh, versus uh, Pinnacle had the seventeen and a half versus some of the other sites who had fourteen and a half. I don't know why, but uh, you know they gave me three yards and I took it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's. Let's finish this up here. We got a, we got a couple more. Uh, Corliss over 18 and a half receiving yards plus 156. Total players to throw a pass under two and a half minus 211. Now there's an interesting play for Alex. Not going with value, but going minus 211 on total players to throw a pass under two and a half. Uh, that's pure odds, and the odds are so in my favor based on history. It's not even funny. If you look at uh, historically how many uh, in the Super Bowls, how many uh, players have thrown passes, I, it's something like, I think I think it's like one out of ten. I'm not exactly sure. It, it, you know, it may have happened recently because I know I, I had this, I played this bet a couple of years ago, and I did the math, and I think it was once every ten years. Uh, that someone actually throws a pass besides the starting quarterbacks. It's pretty crazy. So, 
Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure uh, Heinz Ward is going to have some sort of flea flicker or something, and he's going to screw me up here. But, uh, but I really like. Uh, I really like the. Even though I have to lay two eleven, uh, two to one, basically, I really like this play a lot. Yeah, I think Antoine Randall maybe. I don't know if he did or not, but that's. Uh, yeah, he's not. Uh, that's that's going to be a tough one for anybody to hit. But minus two eleven. All right, total Steelers to have a rush under four and a half. Let's do the math. You're you're you're, you're giving up minus one ninety. Another play that's kind of unlike Alex. Total Steelers to have a rush under four and a half. So you got the obvious, right? Men well, and the, yeah. The thinking behind this play first, you could you could just look at historically for the year. I believe uh, out of the nineteen games that they played, was it no? Out of the eighteen games that they played, I believe seven times they've had. Um, They've had uh, five uh, five different players rush uh, rush the ball, so um, so that's less than half the time, and I'm so I'm already a winner there because I'm only laying minus 190. Uh, but as far as just breaking it down, uh, for me to lose this bet, uh, Mendenhall and Roethlisberger are you know clearly both going to have a rush, but then Isaac uh, Isaac Redman has to have a rush and Mewalde Moore has to have a rush, which, by the way, is no guarantee that Moore will have a rush. Um, so those three guys could, uh, you know, only make three. I could technically win even if, let's say, Mike Wallace has some sort of a right. reverse and Mewalde Moore doesn't have a rush, I could still win. Uh, right. So there's there's a couple of ways I could win this play, and which is why which is why I'm laying the 190. That's an interesting one, Alex, because, you know, I watched that Jets game, and the only reason that why Isaac Redman got any carries in that game was just a breather for Mendenhall. And, and the only way that the Mendenhall needed a breather was because he was tearing up the Jets' defense. So I don't know if he'll ever get that opportunity uh, against this Packer defense. So uh, I kind of like that. Uh, I think I like the under there, too. So And I do see them trying some kind of gadget play with those speedy wide receivers they've got on that field. So... I, yeah, I it's, funny it you mention Isaac, it's funny you mention that, uh, Isaac Redman, and uh, the touches that he got in that Jet game. You know, that's exactly right. Uh, they were using, I think Mendenhall had like 14 touches, in the, 13 or 14 touches in the first quarter. I mean, he was on pace for like 50 touches for the game. And then, uh, so they brought in Redman, then they took him out, then Mendenhall runs for like 35 yards to the red zone. Then they brought in Redman again. Uh, and gave him a couple of more rushes, and I don't think he got that much the rest of the game. I could see, I could see Redmond really not being a factor at all. And you know, as far as props go, I didn't find too many that I really liked. But if I'm going, I've been steadily looking. I'm going to continue looking at, uh, looking for underplays on Redmond, whether it be rushing yards or, or, or rushing attempts or, or anything else. All right, we've got a, we've got a lot more to get to if we want to get these all in here. So let me let me see what else you've got. Uh, ben more passing yards than Rodgers in the first quarter plus eight and a half plus one twenty five. Ben more passing yards than Rodgers in the first quarter plus eight and a half. So all you have to do is hang in there, uh, stay close to Rodgers, and you'll get plus one twenty five on that one. Yeah, that's kind of like, you know, the longer you play blackjack, the more odds you have to lose, right? So uh, here you're only talking about a quarter worth of action. And, uh, you know, anyone could basically stay with any other – any NFL quarterback could stay within uh, within a few yards of any other uh, NFL quarterback in one quarter of action. So I figure yeah, I'm getting eight and a half and I'm getting 25 cents. You know, I'll take, I'll take a chance. Looks like Warkins in the chat room likes total Packers to score over three and a half. What do you think of that one, Alan? Uh, total. I I was looking at that. Yeah. What are the? Um, is he is he getting? Uh, what is he getting? Does he laying the wood or is he getting plus something? He'll have to give us it's, an update on the. Uh, gotta be give getting plus something on that. No, no doubt about it. Let me look yeah. it up real quick. Yeah. I, you know that sounds like an. That sounds like a pick'em though. Over three and a half. Uh, you know, keep in mind that the, um, the the kicker counts as a, as a player to score. So, um, yeah, I mean, if I what did you say? Plus one sixty. Yeah, that's what he's saying. Plus one sixty for total factors to score over three and a half. You need four. So you need the kicker. You need Rodgers. 
You need the kicker. You need Rodgers. You need uh, and two other guys. You need a, a, a wide receiver. That's a, that sounds a little low for plus sixty. Yeah, 160. that's pretty that's, good. Yeah, that's that's that's, good. A, that's that's a good line. That's a good line. So you got uh, you basically have three different um, uh, players who are going to score in addition to the kicker. Uh, and you know, Green, Green Bay is one of those teams that could easily have three different guys score. It's not like a, a team like. Um, I don't know, like uh, let's say Indianapolis, who basically it's Wayne and you know, kind of Wayne and, and Dallas Clark all day long. You know, uh, they really do spread it around pretty good. So, uh, so yeah, I could see that you're getting sixty cents. Yeah, I like that call. That's a good call. I just released three more of your picks in the chat room for our chat room listeners. So uh, those guys in the chat room just got a special peek at three more uh, prop plays that we won't release on the air, but we did release to the chat room. We've got Pittsburgh to win by exactly three points. You're going to take a stab at that at plus 850. You've got Green Bay to win by exactly three points, plus 660. Talk about those two. That's just a fun, that's just a fun little play. Uh, yeah. You know, there's a good chance that, you know, these games go to the wire or overtime, whatever, last minute, you know, field goal. So um, I, th- I think I saw a prop where uh, you were getting like three, three to one or a little bit more than three to one, and uh, it was for either team to win by three points, and you were getting three to one. And then I saw these two where, you know, you're getting plus 850 on one side and plus six something, six six sixty on the other. I'm like, hey, these are pretty good odds. I think I'll take that. All right, so then we're going to uh, – you also have Green Bay to win by uh, – I'm sorry, player to score the first touchdown. You have a couple of long shots here. You like Heinz Ward at 18-1. to 1. Ben Roethlisberger maybe on a sweep or a push, plus 25-1. to 1. Jory Nelson, a very hot player late in the playoffs, may be the number two wide receiver next year. Uh, there's a lot of talk about that. Uh, Nelson, 19-1, to 1, and then Donald Lee, a lot of monster odds, 41-1. to 1. Yeah, those are all just – you know, guys, that I took two from Pittsburgh and, and two from Green Bay. And, um, you know, the, the website that I used was really giving great odds on on these plays. And, and um, yeah, there's a good chance. There's a good chance to hit. Uh, and if I hit, uh, clearly, you know, if I hit one, I, I'm going to be in the money, even though I put in four plays, which is pretty good. And if I don't hit any, then I lose. <laughs> Hey, Alex, thanks for joining us. We've got two minutes left in the show, man. We appreciate you stopping by and uh, have a lot of fun. We'll be watching the boards for the uh, for the SFPC Playoff Challenge and to congratulate that winner, man. Take care of yourself. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Alex. Mike, we've got uh, another caller from Alex. 937. 937, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. 937 <laughs> is on the air. What's up, you guys? Uh, how about those Packers? Man, you are living the high life right now. I'm sure it's Packer mania for you. You got the cheese head on. You got uh, you got your far voodoo doll out. What are, you, what are you doing there? What's going on? Give us a seat. Well, you know, the, you know, the other good thing is that I'm in Bengal territory. So even though I don't live in Wisconsin or I'm not up near the action like Dave is, I'm down here where everyone hates the Steelers, so almost everyone is rooting for the Packers. Uh, it should be a very fun game for you. I have the I have the Packers winning. My props, real quick, Rich, you think John Kuhn, first touchdown, fifteen to one. Rogers, no passing TDs. Uh, minus point five plus one twenty. That means Rogers breaks. Uh, he loses the ties. I've got a most TD passes plus one twenty. Rogers throws a pick, an interception before a touchdown, plus one eighty. I really like that because it's not necessarily on Rogers. It could be a tip ball. You got Palomalu out there, plus one eighty, Mike and Rich throwing a pick before a touchdown. You gotta like that. I, you know, yeah. I don't like it. Uh, you know, go out and reach it. Uh, the one, uh, the one prop that I absolutely love is uh, Mendenhall rushing for over uh, seventy-nine and a half yards. I, I love that prop. That's garbage. Driver scores a touchdown plus one eighty. Crosby a forty-plus yard field goal plus one thirty. I'm taking a page out of the uh, value handbook by the prognosticator. Rich, do you have any before we go? All I can say is the one name that no one said. 
throughout this whole thing is James Jones. James Jones beating William Gay on that that slot matchup when William Gay is there. Watch and see what happens there. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time. Hey, guys, that was a lot of fun. I like that call. I like that But James is a Mr. Mr. Deadhand, man. He drops the ball all the time, man. Wait and watch when he catches it now. He caught it lots of times when it mattered. I agree. He he was iffy at points during the season. But you still go to all of the, the, uh, the guys that talk about Green Bay's four wide receivers, and they don't mention Brent Swain, who's the fifth wide receiver. They're including Jones in that top four. You watch and watch Jones dominate William Gay. Mike, what were you saying, bud? Hey, that, this was a fantastic show. I was telling Rachel, I said, you know what? You know, I looked at her and I said, that was a fun show. Uh, just to have everybody involved. And uh, But I still think that Pittsburgh wins this game, and uh, I don't want Pittsburgh to win this game, but it's just the way I look at it. But uh, 24-20 Pittsburgh. All right, man. We're going to end it with uh, a classic Mike-ism from earlier this year. Rich, good luck. Good luck, buddy. You've got a big, big game. I'll be rooting for you and the Packers. Go, Pack, go. And the thing is, I'm thinking about should I show mercy on you? Should I start dancing and show mercy? Or should I start praying and really just hammer you down? I don't know what to do. I, I don't know. Part of me feels like mercy. Part of me feels like... And go ahead and start dancing and just win by ten, twelve points. You think you think you're gonna you think you're gonna beat me? Yeah. No, I know I will. Hi, this is Greg Kellogg. You know the routine. It's Friday night, you're looking over your lineup. It's either Lavernius Coles versus the Browns or Lance Moore versus the Falcons. I'm a serious fantasy player, and regular fantasy advice just won't do. I need to know, without a doubt, that the fantasy advice I'm getting makes sense. That's why I listen to Red vs. Blue Fantasy Sports Radio. Catch Scott Atkins and the Red vs. Blue crew chat room every Friday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for those difficult-to-make lineup decisions. I'll be there. Will you?
forever While storing up some treasures I wanna go to heaven And never be abandoned I'm spending my time not renewing my mind To the truth I climb so high I'm finding a part of my life The joy I will lift up my eyes 